I know that you work primarily on the agronomic side, but what, you know, from working together with the other folks at the University of Idaho, what, what do you see as the roadblocks there? What's holding up mustard development or juncea or, or some of the other crops that you're working on? Right now, the thing that's, that's holding the increase in acreage of all these crops is the same thing. It's reducing the increase in acreage in other crops like canola and rapeseed. It's uh, 14 bushel wheat and $15 100 weight soybeans. You know, there's just there's too much money in grain crops right now in the USA, and, and it's great that it's gone that way because farmers need a shot in, in the arm right now, you know? I mean, gone out of business. And so the, the other crops are too valuable. And again, with this alternative use as a biopesticide, you may find that the meal it really has a high value. You know, that's a good point that we, we, we always want to look for potentially new crops that we might be able to grow, um, but there's also our traditional commodities, and I, I know, John, that you've done a lot of work, and you have a little company that you work for that does a little bit of breeding research. <laughs> a little what, bit. Are, are there some things that we might want to look to in terms of increasing oil supply in the near term? Oh, sure, sure. We have, uh, first of all, I, I think what our goal is as a crop improvement company is really to try to create what I'll call virtual acres. And that really means increasing the productivity of today's crops, be it corn, soybeans, the canola. We even have some brassica juncea coming to the market this, this uh, summer, which I agree is going to increase the acreage potential for oil seed crops and compete in other areas where canola, traditional canola doesn't work and even soybeans doesn't work. But again, we're trying to create uh, virtual acres. And there's two ways that we can do that with respect to biodiesel. One is to increase the yields. And we have some great new technologies uh, similar to what you might experience if you watch CSI. Anybody watch CSI out there? <laughs> yeah, my wife's out there. She watches CSI a lot. <laughs> and they use this technology uh, to identify, to take a sample and try to figure out who the crime uh, suspect might be. We utilize the same types of DNA technology today to look at soybeans and corn and we've identified yields that identified genes that enhance yield. And we're utilizing that technology to increase the yields of soybean and corn. Uh, at the same time, we have research going on to improve the oil content. Oil content in corn, oil content in soybeans, oil content in the other crops. Uh, very likely that we're going to be able to take these technologies, mostly biotechnologies, but some of the marker technologies as well, and make significant increases in the oil content of corn and soybeans without destroying some of the other key properties like the protein level in soy or the agronomics of the crops. I'm a little greedy, so I, earlier whenever Keith said, you know, we might have the potential of 1.2 billion gallons worth of feedstock out there if, if every ethanol plant converted into some way. So what can we potentially do on the, can we double oil? I mean, there's a lot of producers in the room here. And I think that they all have some memories of something called high oil corn. So can you give us an idea of what we might think of in terms of corn oil content and, and when it might be here? Sure. Well, the high oil corn, the top cross corn, which has been out there, still out there in very limited acres, took oil levels in corn from 3.5% up to around 7%, so doubled it. Uh, unfortunately, with that system, the genetics that we have that work are fairly limited. And so one of the goals is to have the same type of oil increase, but to have it in a way that we can move those genes into a broad range of genetics. And uh, so that's, I think that's going to happen. We'll, we'll probably have high oil corn that doesn't rely on the, the complex production system of top cross that really gets back to the same types of oil levels that top cross corn provides. And we have discovery research in soybeans, too, that 
looks like we're going to be able to increase oil even more than we are in corn in terms of percentage basis. So I think that we're going to have some substantial increases coming somewhere between five, seven years from now. Now, on the higher oil corn, would you be losing starch on that? Or, I mean, is it give and take? And he, he wants that starch. I, want I know. <laughs> yeah. See, he wants the starch, and the, and the protein guys want the protein. I, I want his carbon dioxide. Yeah, he wants, I know. He wants well, well, it's good that we're all together so we can start sharing things. You know, that's been an issue in plant breeding for a long time. If I work in soybeans and I use traditional techniques to increase oil, typically something happens, and that's I lose my protein. And if you're taking a look at increased oil in corn, it comes from the starch base, so it's going to decrease the starch. So there are, there are give and takes. And probably in soybeans, where I spend most of my time, our goal is to increase the oil without impacting the protein, which is the other primary component, and I'm willing to sacrifice some of the carbohydrates to Hell increase yes. that oil. What about your crystal ball? Are you going to give us any kind of ideas, um, yield? When can we expect that in the pipeline? Sure. Yeah, a yield we're working on all the time, and our goal uh, between now and even 2010, which is coming really close, is to double the rate at which we bring yield, enhances to, yield enhancements to our growers. So if we look back over the last 20 or 30 years, soybeans have been increasing in yield about a half bushel per year. We like to double that to at least a bushel per year, and some of the molecular marker technologies that we talked about, the CSI technologies, are having impacts today which are going to allow us to double the rate of that gain by 2010. We have some longer-term projects to enhance yield through transgenic means, which could take, uh, make us a, another step higher, uh, substantially higher than we have today, but those are a little bit further off in the pipeline. You know, Keith, does this, this whole concept in terms of being able to potentially double oil content in corn, does it, does it make a difference, do you think, in terms of you know, your company and other companies in ethanol in terms of whether they look at de-oiling the distiller's grains, the co-product, or whether they fractionate? I think it uh, does. Uh, if you were to have an high oil content corn, you would definitely probably be leaning towards fractionation where you could take that, that high oil content piece of the corn out and process that, and that would probably go into the food market. Um, um, but you definitely have to look at uh, the economics of, uh, you know, a higher oil corn and what impact that would have on an ethanol plant. Well, and you, and you, you just raised an important point, because um, an awful lot of this new oil that comes as a result of your genetic breeding efforts and, and as a result of what you want to do in the processing of the corn is going to feed the food market, and that's a good thing. Um, it's not just about getting feedstock to biodiesel, it's meeting a growing demand for edible oils worldwide. And I think that's as big a plus for the biodiesel industry as the access, direct access to getting that oil into their mm -hmm. plants. Mm -hmm. You just hit on a point, which is actually a question from one of the folks in the audience, and their question is, is that you know, how do we promote the benefits of potential feedstocks such as algae without taking shots such as food versus fuel, at the current industry or feedstocks that we've relied upon. So I, this commenter said that I worry that we're shooting the shoulders we stand on to get to the future. I couldn't agree more with, with, with the issue. I think each of the pieces that are out here are different pieces of the puzzle that help solve the solution, or solve the problem. Um, for someone to get up and say, I'm the good guy because I'm making the more sustainable product is is all it is is damaging to everybody. Um, we've seen this kind of thing go on before. 
Um, you used to hear the same kinds of debates about there's good ethanol from cellulose and bad ethanol from corn. Well, that's a lot of nonsense. 